Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thanks, What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together we are FNA Van Life. This is the podcast where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community and talk to other nomads so that you can know what it's really like to live life on the road. And today we have a really special guest with us. We're here in El Salvador. We have Salva, and he brings tourism here and brings you on beautiful, awesome uh, waterfall hikes and shows you the experience of the lifestyle here in El Salvador in like the best way that I could possibly imagine. What's up, Salva? Hola! <laughs> hey, what's going on, family? Um, this is Salva from Tunco Life. Um, I run a tour agency based in Tunco Beach. This is the most touristic town in El Salvador. And if you are traveling around Central America, I guess this is a, a spot that you have to, to pass by and say hi to us. Yeah, absolutely. We were not super sure about what we were going to do in El Salvador or we'd heard like a couple of things and we maybe had a couple of pins. But since hooking up with you, we've definitely seen so many cool things, which you guys are going to have to stay tuned for the YouTube videos to see. Um, But so why don't we talk a little bit about like tourism in El Salvador, because I think a lot of people still have the idea of like the civil war and the gangs and that you know that it might be dangerous to be here so maybe we could like go a little bit into like why now is like the perfect time to come visit El Salvador yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay sure um first thing first uh back in the 70s 80s we had a civil war it ended in 1992 so forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not it's over. In, yeah. I mean, if you want to learn about the, the history of the war and why people decided to go and fight against the government at that time, we have tours for that. Okay? But don't worry. There is no war in El Salvador. Now, gangs, of course, I know that um, a lot of you have heard or watched on the news about the gang violence that we suffered in the past in El Salvador. Well, let me tell you something, things are changing and for the good. So uh, we have a new president, things are working pretty well. Uh, The gang violence has dropped from 40 people getting killed per day to zero or one person per day. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome, right? Not only for for the local people that we feel more safe, we feel safer, but also for you, the tourist, you know, that... I know a lot of people in the past skipped El Salvador because they were like, no, 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 it's super dangerous. There were some areas that it was like that, but just like any other country, there are areas that even us, the locals, we don't go because we want to avoid any problem, right? But the touristic places, they always were like safe. Now I can say, hey guys, like you should come to El Salvador. It's super safe. Uh, we have been doing activities with you, and I'm sure that you, I guess, I have to ask you, like, have you felt, like, insecure? Like, did you see any gang member or something? I have not felt insecure <laughs> or, like, afraid for anything since we've gotten here. Um, there was, like, a couple moments of just, like, when you get to a new country, you're, like, you're just, any country, this goes for any country. When you get there, you just don't know what to expect. But almost immediately after getting here, we realized, like, people were being friendly towards us. You know, we definitely got a little bit of the gringo price in a couple spots. <laughs> but, like, that's the biggest uh, issue that we've had. That's, yeah. that's pretty much it. Yeah, okay, cool. As, as you heard, uh, El Salvador is changing. Now, I know that when you travel to a country, like you said, and you know nothing about, you are curious about the situation where to where to go what road you should take and everything so i guess like doing things like you're doing now helps others when they are traveling through el salvador or other countries 
that they learn the basics, you know, and probably here today on this podcast, we're going to talk about that. So you that are listening to us, have a better idea of what El Salvador is about, what places you should go, play smart, things that you should avoid, things that you definitely should go and check when you are in El Salvador and more, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I would even go on a women just say, like, you're definitely going to hook up with Tunco Life because realistically, they're going to give you the best, most ideal experience. What, something that's going to not only, um, like, submerge you into the beauty of El Salvador, but it's also going to submerge you into the people of El Salvador, too. And that's something that we've really noticed, like, here in Tunco. Salva has literally introduced us to so many people here, and it's really wonderful. We feel like we're a part of the community. Yeah, I think that's, that is one of the things that I would say make Tunku Life different from other agencies. Uh, luckily here where we live, this is a very small town, local community. So our goal besides show you, show you like the beautiful places in El Salvador, we want you to learn about us, the local people, how we work, the things we do. Because like at one point when you're traveling Uh, sometimes you forget like the privilege that you have that you are capable of traveling that you have water electricity at home and then when I show you things here you see people that sometimes they don't have some stuff that you normally take for granted at home and these people are happy you know so at the end of the day it's more about enjoy disconnect and reconnect yourself by exploring El Salvador. You mm-hmm. know? I think that's been a big lesson in El Salvador and all through Central America is that, you know, we have so much in the United States and I think we take so much for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, even we were just talking this morning about hot showers versus <laughs> cold showers. And so most of the showers at houses and Airbnbs here are cold. And it's it's hot here all year round and mm-hmm. it's humid. Well, the humidity is supposed to break soon. I've heard. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, normally. Yeah, but so like December, January would be like the perfect time to come, perfect weather. Um, But yeah, so just having the cold shower and like the first time I got in the shower here, I was like, oh, bummer, like it's not warm. But then you have another shower and you're like, oh, it's actually kind of really nice that it is cool and like I'm hot and so it's refreshing. But like I think, you know, if you're a tourist and you're coming for a day or a week, like maybe you're just like you know, upset the whole time that there's not a hot shower. But, like, everybody here lives with no hot showers all the time, and everybody's happy, and it's fine. And the cool the cool or cold shower, but it's more like cool, it's not really cold, is refreshing, yeah. especially when you are here in a time where there's more humidity. I will say, like, we haven't been overbearingly hot. Uh, we've been more just like it's been humid. So once that humidity breaks, it's going to be, like, a, such a perfect temperature here, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, remember that a few week, a week ago, two weeks ago, I don't know how long it was. We had a tropical storm. So since then, I feel it's the the the, the weather have changed a little bit more. But mm. I hope that in the next two weeks, everything start like decreasing, and we have, um, hopefully, we have a better weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like that's the pattern that's happening right now. We're getting to- like towards the end of rainy season, wet season. And it's about to become tr- dry season down here. So that's when that humidity breaks. You don't really have any more humidity. It's more of like a, a dry heat uh, that's like really comfortable because we're getting so close to the equator right now that the temperature kind of stays balanced. It doesn't, you don't have extreme highs or extreme lows. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I was thinking, so we just met this guy. We were walking last night. We met John and he's been coming to El Salvador since the 70s because he's a big surfer and so in the 70s he was surfing like crazy um, and ended up settling here and loves it Um, and so you know obviously it was safe enough for him to you know come from America to move to El Salvador even back then Um, and you've been doing Tunco Life since 2016 correct so you know this was before the president you know the new president and things like that so it's kind of been safe for tourists Always? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Like I said before, the violence that we watch in the news are mostly on specific areas in San Salvador. There are some districts just outside of the city where all this violence used to happen, you know? Could you tell us maybe one of those couple of districts? That way if people do come, they don't wind up going through those districts. 
they are probably a bit safer now, but they're still always going to be, you know, a little bit rough around the edges in some spots. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, I'll put it this way. There is a district called Soyapango, North San Salvador. Um, there are some neighborhoods where they used to be gangs. Because me, Salva, didn't know what uh, communities they had gangs. I would say, oh, don't go to Soyapango because there are gangs all over the place. Mm-hmm. Big lie. Mm-hmm. There are specific neighborhoods that have this gang violence problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that, I could say Soyapango, Apopa, Mexicanos, Ilopango. Those are districts that we all know that, you know, there was violence going on there. And because of that reason, we wouldn't go and, and, and do stuff there. Now, you as a tourist, do you have to go to those locations? No, absolutely not. Yeah. And uh, honestly, there's probably not a lot of stuff for tourists there. None. So it's not like you would be like, ooh, I'm going to go do a food tour <laughs> in one of these neighborhoods because it just doesn't exist. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, it's a very local area. So for you as a tourist, there's nothing to do or see there. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like the routes that you take, either you are traveling by, your, by yourself or if you are doing tours with Tunko Life, we barely go through those areas. And if we do, we go through the main highway. Mm-hmm. So it's all good, all safe. Um, but yeah, like I would say those are like the the places that me as a Salvadorian, I would say like, ooh, in the past, that area was like dangerous. You know? mm-hmm. And there's the possibility of these places getting better too as well, especially what's going on with the president. Can you like kind of give us an idea of what's been going on for the people that really don't know anything about the politics of El Salvador? Sure. Um, so in the past, I'll give you a little, um, how do you say, like history class right now. Um in the 60s, 70s, Salvadorians were tired of uh, not having the right to speak up. Like, that's a basic right. Um, so people started to organize themselves and they started fighting the government. Um, in the 80s, these uh, Salvadorians, they created five big organizations. They decided to become one because that was the only option they had. In order to, you know, become stronger mm-hmm. and fight yeah. for the same target. They founded these guerrillas, the guerrillas, and they started a fight uh, for democracy. At that time, we had democracy, but it was fake. Um, elections were all corrupted, you know. So, um, at the end, 1992, finally, um, they agree to make the peace agreement. Since then, we don't have a war. Now, during that time, a lot of Salvadorians, they ended up going to the U.S. in other countries. Mm-hmm. Because either, like here in El Salvador, you would have two options. Either you stay and wait for the army drop a 500-pound bomb in your na- neighborhood, or you should try and adventure yourself and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the U.S. was like the, 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 the number one choice people would take. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the U.S. was like welcoming refugees at that time. No, not like that. But the, the U.S. government was supporting the Salvadorian government. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the Salvadorian government said that the guerrillas here, they were communist. Mm. Big lie. Mm. But they needed support, you know, because the, commun- the communists were supporting the guerrillas here. Now, uh, unfortunately, some Salvadorians, they ended up in poor neighborhoods in Los Angeles. Mm. That's where the gangs started. Mm. The gangs didn't start here in El Salvador. They started in the U.S. So basically, they got some type of influence from the U.S. of like, hey, this is how you could run the show, especially in L.A. You know, you have like uh, some areas in L.A. where there's definitely a lot of gangs, rival gangs at that, and they're controlling the money in the area of that city. Yeah, the thing is this, these kids that they went to the U.S., uh, they left El Salvador in the middle of a civil war. So they were used to see dead bodies on the streets, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Probably they saw like the, the guerrilla or the army killing one of their family members. So these kids, they had traumas. 
when they got into the U.S. and they they said like you can go to YouTube and check the interviews from from some of the founders of these gangs and they said hey like we never thought that our group of friends would become what the gangs are now mm. we did it because at that time we were the minority in LA mm. and other ethnics were taking advantage of us mm -hmm. so we created this group of friends just to protect ourselves from the others at the end unfortunately they ended up Uh, working with drugs and you know a violence thing 1994 the US government uh, deport the first group of people mm -hmm. um, they came to El Salvador and because they didn't do anything wrong here they were released free uh. and most of these people they moved to the countryside not to the cities in Salvador so the government didn't care they were like okay whatever you go to the countryside that's it A lot of these gang members that they got deported, they basically were Americans. Mm. Some of them, they moved when they were like two, three years old. So when they came back to El Salvador, they didn't speak the language. Ah. They didn't understand the culture. So I understand them. Like they were like in a shock situation, right? A new world for them. Um, and the only thing that they knew was to stole and, and work with drugs right yeah so they started uh how do you say reclutando uh, reclu rec uh recruiting recruiting, recruiting people, people yeah at that time 1960s so if if during the civil war you were lucky your parents would take you with them to the u.s to canada australia whatever they wanted to go But if not, you would stay here with neighbors or with your grandma. Mm. When you are 13, 14, what do you want? You want to be with loved your family. with your yeah. family. You want to have nice shoes. You start, you, you start dating girls. You yeah. want money, right? Nice clothes. Yeah. And a lot of Salvadorians here, they didn't have any of that. And then the gangs show up and they were like, hey, I see that you don't have nothing to eat, man. Like, come with us. We're going to... Uh, give you food. Oh, those shoes doesn't work anymore. Here's a new pair of Nikes, right? Yeah. So people were like, okay, like these are my people. And a lot of young Salvadorians, they started joining the gangs because of that. Yeah, you would say that the influence that the gangs had on these people was a positive influence in the moments of getting shoes and clothes and being able to feed themselves in a, in a way that's a positive thing right <laughs> but unfortunately there was some negative things around it that created the ability to have these things correct i'm wondering why the parents weren't able to take their kids with them when they fled yeah it was a very difficult situation uh, at that time it was expensive it, it is still expensive to move to another country especially when you move illegal. Mm -hmm. And these people from countryside, probably they sold their three cows. And with the money they collect, they adventure themselves and, and, and went exploring Guatemala, Mexico, until they got into the U.S. Also, imagine that you are in the middle of a civil war and you have two beautiful kids. Maybe sometimes they were like, I don't want to risk their life I'm gonna go and try if I make it great but if not they stay with my mom uh, you know that was and then it's like if I get to America then I could get a good job Correct. and then I'll have enough money and then I can bring them back exactly. and or send the money back home so you can take care of your family that is you know the, the money might be leaving them because somebody might be taking it sure. you know yeah yeah so that's like the, the, the story behind the gangs now they became a problem because they started working with cartels And they got money then, you know, and they were able to buy guns and stuff. And there was always a fight between the government and uh, the gangs. But then Salvadorian, the Salvadorian population got tired. And then a new guy show up in the map. His name is Najif Bukele, mm -hmm. a rich guy that he decided to, you know, start here with the politics and start helping people. He became a popular politician He became the mayor of San Salvador City, the capital. Mm. He did a great job. We went to downtown San Salvador a mm -hmm. few weeks ago, and you saw that the plazas are renovated, and you saw kids and families playing around. 
Mm -hmm. uh, before him, those plazas were um, not safe to go, you know. There was prostitution, drugs, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So you wouldn't think of going to uh, downtown San Salvador unless it was necessary. Uh, so he did a great job. Of course, this is a big plan that he had, right? So he, he did a great job in downtown San Salvador. And next, he wanted to run for the presidential elections. Uh, he got kicked off from his political party mm -hmm. because he was an outsider. Mm -hmm. So he started a new political party. He has been in charge for about three and a half years. Um, in El Salvador, we have presidents, presidential elections every five years. Okay. okay? Um, and since day one, he was like, we're going to work on tourism and we're going to fight uh, corruption and the gangs. And that's basically what he has been doing so far. What is the name of the new party that he created? His uh, new political party is called Nuevas Ideas, New Ideas. New Ideas. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I really yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, since this guy is now taking over, uh, it seems to, from our perspective, we haven't been here previously. Yeah. Uh, we haven't been here previously, but we have had the opportunity to be here now, which we're really lucky to, you could just open it up. Yeah, just open it up. Yeah, open it up. Yeah, just drink it from the bottle. Don't worry about it, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've had the opportunity to be here now and coming into the country, not seeing any of this stuff at all. Like, pulling up to the square and being able to just, like, walk around. Like, literally, I was dancing with some locals there, pulled Alex in, danced too. They were so excited to have us there. Like, Phones were coming out. They were recording us as well. You know, you can see the smiles on their face that outsiders were enjoying their culture. Is this a thing that you think that will happen for everybody that come? Like for most people that come here, like people will embrace them? Yeah, Salvadorians, we are popular known for pupusa surfing, but also because we are kind people and friendly people. And it, it is not only with you, the tourist. It's also between locals, you know. If, if, if there's a chance that we can help you, we give you a smile and we ask you, hey, do you need help? And then people's like, please help me with my car or something. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is something cultural that Salvadorians wants to share with the world. And those that have traveled uh, know that there are some places that people, for some reason, are not that friendly. Or maybe they are, but they are shy. Mm -hmm. And probably Salvadorians, we are not. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it's been noticeable for sure. <laughs> in a very good way. So being in a van in El Salvador, we've actually had a really nice time so far. The roads have been some of the best that we've experienced in Central America, just in terms of like the quality of road. Um, we've had no problem, no police checkpoints, no like. Actually, we did get stopped by the police once when we first got into town. Oh, when we were going they just to checked our immigration Florida. papers. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, that was it. They yep. made sure that we had the right documents, and they said, okay, have a great day, mm -hmm. no problem. Um, we did nine, nine out of ten times, I play it a little stupid, and I'm like, I don't speak Spanish, <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's like a little trick that I try to do. But what I noticed here in El Salvador is that uh, a lot of the people also speak English. True. Yeah. yeah. That's There's true. a lot of English speakers. It's because El Salvador is directly related with the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, there are more than 2 million Salvadorians living in the U.S. We went to San Salvador and you saw a lot of brands from the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. um, also, we have the U.S. dollar as a official currency since two 2001. So, somehow, people that... Salvadorians in the U.S., they always tell you, hey, son, I'll send you money so you can go to private English classes, you know, mm. because you need it. And now the, the Salvadorian government, this new president is changing a lot of things. Um, one of those things are education. Now kids, they have each one of the, the students that go to a public school, they receive a computer with free Internet. That's amazing. That's yeah, uh, like, I mean, we don't even have that in the United States. It's, it's incredible. And then uh, the system was broken. That's how he said, the president. He said, like, we need to fix, like, the system, the education system. So next year, the government is going to start with a new type of program for math and English. Mm. And then they're going to keep improving the, the rest of the, of the assignments. Uh, like you said, the police, 
I'll, it's not because I'm Salvadorian, but I've traveled a little bit and I can tell uh, the police in El Salvador are super nice, friendly, and open to help you. Of course, we always have one or two corrupted police officers, but on my experience, I'm 34 years old, and I have, I have been stopped for I don't know how many times by police. They have never asked me for money, you know? Mm -hmm. They ask you for your papers, and then if something is wrong, they explain to you why they're going to give you a ticket. Mm -hmm. And advise you to, to do the, the right thing and go and fix your stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's not like in other countries where the police like, okay, amigo, and how can we fix this if you, you know, you don't want to pay $100 and they start yeah. playing and at the end, you know, okay, how much money do you want, man? You yeah. know, that yeah. type of thing. Yeah, I mean, those, that's something that you'll find in uh, Mexico, obviously, which they're trying to back off on and change that culture there. But also, yeah, you told us stories about uh, Nicaragua or like Honduras on the way to Nicaragua, you know, cops doing this as well. So, yeah, it's definitely a thing that happens once you cross that Mexican border and you start going south all the way to Panama. And to like know that that isn't here in El Salvador makes me feel uh, a lot more like travel friendly, if that makes sense. Like it makes me feel like that I don't have to worry about like a corrupt police officer you know, bothering me. Uh, yeah, sure, they're going to stop you because you have outside plates. So they're going to make sure that you have your papers. You have your papers, good to go. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, and also, like like you said, the roads are, are in really good conditions. From the moment you cross the border from Guatemala to El Salvador, you can notice it right away. Mm -hmm. And it's like that, that in the whole country. You're going to... Now you're going to go south El Salvador... Um, and then you'll see that you'll find that all the roads are in really good conditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So earlier we talked about places that you maybe don't want to go. So obviously Tunco is a place that you definitely want to come and Surf City is here, which is amazing. And if you're a surfer at all, like El Salvador is 100% the country that you want to come and visit. And the food's good in the area too. Yeah. <laughs> but so what are some of the other things that you like definitely have to do or go visit when you're here in El Salvador? Yeah. So let's say that you are uh, traveling from Guatemala to El Salvador and you're going towards Nicaragua. So let's just start from there. Once you cross the border, it depends on, on which one you cross, either south or north Guatemala. But let's just start from like top things that you definitely have to do in El Salvador. Santa Ana volcano, mm. beautiful active volcano with a beautiful... Um, Turquoise Quarter Lake on top, easy to hike. The weather is so nice. Definitely, that's like one thing you have to go. Next to it, you have a beautiful lake, Coatepeque Lake, Crater Lake. Nice. So it's like 30 minutes away from each other. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Then another thing that you should definitely check is Ruta de Flores. Mm -hmm. The flowers route is basically different towns, five towns connected uh uh, between each other by one road and each one of those you can do different things you can learn from coffee plantations from indigenous people you could do ATVs you could do zip lining you could do coffee tours uh, they also they, they recently opened the newest uh, rainbow slide mm -hmm. so there are a lot of things you can do there definitely um, also keep coming like this side of the country Tunco Beach, for sure, like mandatory. This is where all the action is happening. Also, where you can meet up with travelers and, and learn more about what other people is doing. Uh, if you like partying, nightlife, Fridays and Saturdays are like yeah. <laughs> yeah, the time of the, the week. You have to be here. People from the city come, and it's a big, big parade there. Um, live music live music uh djs yeah it's super fun beautiful like. beautiful sunsets oh yeah definitely and now we are entering to the the sunset season the way i like to call it uh, and then go to san salvador check downtown san salvador check san salvador volcano we have another town like 40 minutes away from san salvador called suchitoto beautiful area there's another lake there very colonial that was actually the first capital of el salvador mm. so there's a lot of history there okay 
you keep going south um, and then you have other beautiful beaches, I would also recommend a place called Hikilisco Bay. There's a monkey sanctuary there. The, uh, there are crocodiles. The bay area is so beautiful. You could rent kayaks and just go around the bay and catch the sunset. Or if you want to rent a boat and just go and, and go fishing, it's beautiful. Um, you keep going, you have Punta Mango. If you are into surfing, this is a hidden spot I'm giving you right now. <laughs> Perfect waves, not a lot of surfers. Uh, it works when there's a big swell coming, so definitely you should check it out. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting to the end of the country. I would suggest going to Conchawa Volcano. Conchawa. Maybe that's a place we should go, guys. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. Um, you don't have to hike. Uh, you can drive up to the top of the, of the volcano. The, the thing here is to camp. You camp and then you wake up for sunrise. And then from the top, you can see some beautiful islands, but also in front of you, you're going to have Nicaragua. And then on the left side, you're going to have Honduras. Oh, so it's, it's impressive, you know, it's beautiful. And then since you're going to cross borders to go into Honduras, uh, there is another area called Perkin. Perkin is where the, the gorillas started. So if you are into war stories, definitely that's a place you, you have to check it out. Uh, Ex-gorillas, they can give you tours and explain Ooh, to you cool. like crazy things that they experience and uh -huh. stuff like that. So I would say those are like the, the top things that I recommend you yeah. to, to explore in El Salvador. That's awesome. It's such a small country, but there's so much to do. And the nice thing is that, like, you could drive from the top of El Salvador to the bottom of El Salvador in, like, six hours. Totally, yeah. So to be able to kind of, like, drive for an hour and be in a totally different spot and then drive for another hour and go to a volcano and then drive for an hour. So it's, like, really easy to explore, especially if you're living in a van and you're traveling, you know, the Pan American Highway. I think that, you know, hopefully travelers won't just skip over it anymore because i think also now like frank and i were talking about this the other day there's more of a fear of honduras than there is of el salvador mm -hmm. so you might as well drive through el salvador and skip honduras <laughs> you know but anyway you know we're not telling don't skip any of the countries they're all beautiful and they're all lovely in their own way but yeah i think it's definitely worth keeping el salvador on the list and not just blasting through it. Because I think there was also this notion before, too, even of, like, I could drive through El Salvador in one day, so I'm just going to, like, get on the highway, I'm going to cross the border, I'm going to cross the border, I'm going to cross the border, and I'll be in Nicaragua, and that's it. You know? And I feel like that's such a waste, because there's so much to do here. Well, and not only is that a waste, because the fact of the matter is, is that El Salvador isn't that big, so you could really explore the whole country in a short period of time. I mean, obviously, if you want to go and see all the little tiny small things that make it even more unique you're gonna need to spend some time i think exactly. we're gonna be ending up we were like oh maybe we'll do one week in el salvador and now it's already been a week and we're nowhere near <laughs> done so it's interesting i feel like you get sucked into places like this and especially when you have a great tour guide like yourself and tunco life like it's easy to like be like okay we're gonna do this today and this today and then this is just gonna be a chill day and we're gonna go to the beach and then you know so it's like it's been really fun to be here and kind of get to learn more about El Salvador. Nice. Mm -hmm. Also, we haven't talked about something new that is happening in our country. Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, this is juicy right here because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of people that really are interested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And then there's also people who are like, it's the devil. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but yeah, let's talk more about El that. Diablo. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, now a new currency that you guys just adopted. It's like... Like using the U.S. dollar, but even easier in a sense. Yeah, um, we adopted the the Bitcoin as a legal tender one year ago. Okay, um, if you're listening to this podcast and if you are still on time, November the 18 and 19, we're having this huge Bitcoin event called um, Adopting Bitcoin, and a lot of Bitcoiners around the world are coming to 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 this event. So if you want to connect with Bitcoiners and Maxis, that's definitely an event that you should come and, and, and experience. Now, Bitcoin in El Salvador, is it like a big thing here? Like everybody's using Bitcoin. How does it work? 
can you buy pupusas, coffee with Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah. That's like the basic questions people always have. Yeah. Uh, the truth is that um, Bitcoin is a new thing. Um, and for most of, of the population, they don't still get it. They mm-hmm. don't understand it. They haven't studied Bitcoin, you know. Uh, but places like Tunco Beach, San Salvador, you can definitely find restaurants uh, and businesses that they accept Bitcoin. Um, if you're coming to El Salvador, I would suggest you download some wallets like Bitcoin Beach Wallet, Blue Wallet, Moon Wallet. Those work perfect, perfectly fine here. Um, and most of the transactions are done uh, via Lightning, the Lightning Network. Mm-hmm. It's super fast and and uh, the fees are probably minimum. Sometimes you don't even see how much they charge you. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes what's interesting about that is like the fees that you're talking about. When you go to an ATM to pick up money, you're going to spend at least $3.50, yeah. if not more, just to use the ATM, yeah. right? And then that's not including the taxes that you're going to pay on that dollar before it even comes out or to make that dollar mm-hmm. uh, if you're paying the government those taxes. So this is a really easy way to make a transition and make it seamless as well as very inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah, and then another thing is that now Bitcoin is like 19K, right? So if you are into Bitcoin or if you want to start now, this is the time for you to start investing in Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Um, here in El Salvador, there are different organizations trying to educate people about Bitcoin, how it works, uh, things that you should do, things that you shouldn't do, uh, how to keep your Bitcoin safe, what happened if you lost your phone, how to recover your your Bitcoin and stuff like that. So El Salvador, and especially here, Surf City area, it's a it's a good place to come and learn about it. Yeah, and I want to sorry, I want to elaborate a little bit on the aspect of like it's a good time in, to invest because right now it's the lowest that Bitcoin will most likely be for a very long time, and then you're gonna have these increases that we always have when it comes to the stock market or. Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general, but you're going to see another spike here coming soon. And I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, the necessarily the person when it comes to this type of stuff, but I will say that when you watch the market go up and down, there's always a point where it gets to its lowest point and then it rises back up. So even Alex and I have made uh, a few dollar changes and moving them over to investing into Bitcoin because you know, if you even if you're putting ten dollars a day or five dollars a day or whatever it is that you could afford to put into it, you could buy small shares of Bitcoin, which allows you to invest in it. Where other stocks, you have to buy a full stock depending on the company that you're trading through. Mm-hmm. So it's a really great opportunity to be able to invest now before it becomes, you know, a little too late. And I think too here, it's funny like. I don't know if Bitcoin was really on our mind that much. Like, we've had, like, a little bit of money in it for a while or whatever. But then you come to El Salvador and you meet all these people. And so many people have actually moved to El Salvador because of the Bitcoin. So, you know, expats. um, We met a woman the other day who moved herself and her parents to um, El Salvador because she didn't like the way that the Canadian government was, you know, handling money and Bitcoin and things like that. And so she wanted to come to a country where she could like use all of her Bitcoin and not have any problems. And like you could literally buy a whole house with Bitcoin in El Salvador, which is crazy. So especially a lot of these people who were more like the early adopters into Bitcoin, who now probably have a small fortune in Bitcoin, (laughs) are like, okay, I could come and move to El Salvador and actually use my Bitcoin and buy a beer and buy a pupusa and buy a house and like do all these things with my Bitcoin without having to like convert it and do all these things to like get it out of the Bitcoin market. You just put it in your wallet and then you can buy whatever you want. And when you look at things like we were talking about the Canadian government, when they started freezing the accounts for the truckers, that was a very scary thing. It showed that the government has control over your money at any point in time. It can literally just freeze your money like that. And with something like Bitcoin, they can't do that. You're the one who's in control of your wallet. There's there's nobody else in control of it except for yourself. Exactly. That's the beauty about Bitcoin. So if you're coming to El Salvador, keep in mind, remember that we have the US dollar as a official currency. So you don't have to change your dollars mm-hmm. if you come to El Salvador. And if you are a, a, a Bitcoiner, 
El Salvador is the place to spend some sats and, and, and experience the Bitcoin thing here in, in the country, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something that Alex and I have been looking into doing is downloading a wallet specifically that we could use in the United States mm-hmm. as well as here because I think that's really important is making sure that you could utilize it wherever you go. And also when we get back to the States, we don't want to, you know, not be able to transfer money because of the wallet or whatever. Yeah. So, but we're definitely going to be making some type of video about Bitcoin here in El Salvador and, uh, you know, the fundamentals around it and how it works. That way people don't feel scared about, you know, downloading the wallet and possibly using it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to mention before I forget is this. Um, if you have any questions about El Salvador, please message us. Don't skip El Salvador. You can find us as Tunco Life on social media. Send us a message. Hey, Salva, I got these questions. I don't know if I should go with my kids. Is it safe? Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. To, to go to El Salvador with my family, I'll give you always a honest question, okay? Some people, they don't even take tour with, tours with us, but they ask me things and I'm happy to, to help them, you know? Mm-hmm. My goal, besides, of course, making money, is, is to show you my country and share the local experience with you guys. Mm. So let's go back to, like, why did you start Tunco Life and, like, why is tourism in El Salvador so important to you? Yeah, um, I started... Tunku Life back in 2016. Um, at that time, I used to live in the city, San Salvador City. Um, I, I participate in a contest that was uh, created by the government where you could basically pitch your business idea and you, you, you went through some judges and stuff. And then if your idea was good, you know, they would give you some cash and then you would start your, your business idea. In my case, I was one of the lucky winners, uh, and uh, the government gave me $5,000, and with that amount, I started Tunko Life. I didn't know Tunko Beach, to be honest. Like, it was just, I came to Tunko just once, and then two months later, I found out about this contest. So, I, hold, I always have this phrase in my mind, you don't choose the place, the place chooses you, Right? So I was like, okay, there's a reason for this, you know. And I always wanted to have my own business. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. Came to town. I just knew a few people, probably the right people to meet. Um, and since then, I never left, you know. I started, like, uh, working in the project. I saw a few tourists there, and I would talk to them, and they were like, There's not a lot of information about El Salvador online. It's super scary to come to El Salvador if you're a female solo traveler or if you want to come with your family, you probably would go to Costa Rica first, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So with that information in mind, I was like, definitely, like, I need to push this project. And, and with every client that we have, we try to, you know, to share Uh, the beauty about the country and not only like our perspective but we try to to show you like both sides of the story mm-hmm. like a lot of people ask about the civil war so we teach them we show them like this is what the army did this is what the government did and this is what the guerrillas did now you can make your own conclusions mm-hmm. you know because i don't think it's not, it's not fair that i tell you my perspective Because my perspective is from my point of view, what my parents told me about the war and stuff like that. I was a kid. I was one or two years old when the civil war was happening. So I have no idea about that. And, and a lot of the things are basically the same. We try to show you the beauty of the place, but also like the history behind this town. Like, let's say we have... Uh, nearby the area, some beautiful waterfalls called Tamanique waterfalls. 
Uh, we take you to the waterfalls there, but also we, we, we teach you about the history of the indigenous people there that they fought, why they fought, why they collapsed. Uh, we talk about trees, like fruits that you can try, leaves. Remember the other day? Yeah, we eat like, off the street. <laughs> <laughs> and if there are some fruits that we can collect, we collect them. Or if we have to ask permission to a local to grab some local fruits, we do. At the end of the day, you become a local as well because you know the inside out and not just like a regular tourist that mm -hmm. go to the hotel, stay there, and that's it, you know. You don't explore outside of the hotels. And that's another thing that I love about the representation of what you're doing is like you're you're telling people the different stories of the place and you're allowing them to have their own opinion on it. And I the one the most powerful thing you could have in your life is the freedom to choose how you feel about something. And you're you're giving that to people by just giving them information and letting them pick, you know? And I, that's such a wonderful thing to hear because it's that's true freedom really when you think about it. It is, it is. I think that's, that's the way things should be. And also, I would suggest everywhere you go, ask the locals because mm -hmm. they are the experts, you know. Here in El Salvador, I would recommend you three things. Number one, it's mandatory. You come to El Salvador, you have to try pupusas. Mm -hmm. With your hands, okay? Yeah. With your hands. Don't, don't make the mistake I did. I yeah. did try with my hands at first, and then uh, like the third or fourth pupusa that we ordered, I wound up eating it with a fork. <laughs> Number two, I would say ask the locals if it's safe to go or if it's the best route that you can take. And number three, when you come to El Salvador, do not sleep naked. Why? <laughs> you know why, guys? No. We, we have earthquakes in El Salvador, uh, so... Oh, <laughs> you don't want to run outside butt naked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> funny. Well, it's actually funny. I feel like we haven't experienced any kind of earthquake since we've been in Central America. I know there was a big one in Mexico, but we had already been Very in Guatemala last, yeah. when the earthquake happened in Mexico. How, like, common is that? They... Earthquakes, they happen every single day. Yeah, oh, they're really? really small. But they are super small, probably of like 1.8 to 2.1. So you yeah. barely feel it. Uh, now, if you are in El Salvador and then you feel that there's something shaking, uh, look for a Salvadorian. If the Salvadorian people start laughing at it, it's okay. Yeah. You're fine. If the Salvadorians leave the room, you should follow them because yeah, then things yeah. are getting like, you know. Um, when it's like around five point something, then you can feel it, definitely. Yeah. Also, if you're walking, you don't feel it. No. No, <laughs> you have to be on your computer like working or, or sitting and then you can feel it, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's something that we have in the States too as well. I mean, like uh, if, you're, if you're within that... That hot, uh, what's it called? Fire, ring of fire. Ring of fire. It's very common because you have so much activity ha happening below you. I mean, hopefully there is not a huge one, you know, while you're here or, you know, you don't wish that upon anybody. But there are times where it's going to happen. And so, like you're saying, to be prepared is just by watching what some of the local El Salvadorians are doing. And you'll be safe if you follow their lead. Yeah, totally. I think that's the best advice for when it comes to uh, to earthquakes. Like, be aware where you are and also listen to the locals. They can definitely share some advice mm -hmm. how to act and mm -hmm. not and not panic. Mm. Yeah, well, I think, I don't know. I'm not that worried about it. <laughs> uh, we'll see tomorrow. <laughs> hey, right, who knows? Hi, Alex. <laughs> but, like, I don't know if it's, like, a reason to not go somewhere. You not, know, because, like... The, the whole world is moving all the time. Tectonic plates are shifting and things like that. And if you're going to live your whole life scared... Remember that woman that we met? We were walking along the beach in California, and they had a ProMaster, which is the same van that yeah. we have. So we were like, oh, like, hey, what's up? Like, let's, you know, you live in a van, we live in a van. Like, let's and converse. She, let's yeah. choose the shit. And know? within, like, a minute of talking to her, she was like... Well, like, are, wouldn't you be, aren't you so worried that you might get into an accident and your whole van is destroyed? I'm like, yeah. She's like, what would you do? I was like, I would call my insurance company and I would get a hotel. That's it. Yeah. And then a minute later, she's like, you know, we've been, you know, what would you do if um, Yosemite exploded? The super volcano. Are you worried about the super volcano? Um, I was like, no, I'm not. Because, like, if that happens, we're all fucked. 
Yeah, you know, there's mean, nothing you can do there's about. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, yeah. that's what uh, some people ask me. Like Salva, we're hiking today, Santa Ana volcano, which is active. What should we do if the volcano start erupting? And I'm like, the chances that you're gonna run faster than the lava coming down are like tiny, tiny. Like, yeah. you should enjoy the last moment and just enjoy the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch the beautiful red yeah. color. Hopefully, hopefully you can see the red color coming your way because otherwise it's just like black because of the light. You know, yeah. 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 But like, yeah, but like also the it. chances of that happening are tiny, tiny. Also, I mean, you uh, probably have a higher chance of being struck by lightning than being like taken from a volcano. Also, like nowadays. The technology we have is awesome. Like, uh-huh. um, like here, all El Salvador in all the national parks where there are volcanoes, the government has installed uh, sensors, and these sensors they collect data from the temperature of the ground, mm. electricity of the ground, mm-hmm. uh, how hot the lava, the 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 crater lake is on top of the volcano. So they can tell pretty much if the volcano is in a, a sleeping mode or if it's like, you know, like increasing in activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it was getting really crazy, you probably wouldn't be allowed to exactly. even go near it. Exactly. So. Like today we wanted to go to the waterfalls and then the local municipality said, it rained a lot last night, so it's not safe for you to go, you know? Yeah, basically they're just looking out for you in these situations. So if you can pivot and maybe possibly do a different tour that day, it's really just a way of them keeping you safe. Yeah. Because you don't want to get taken out by a landslide. Yeah. That's more likely than if you were going to get taken out by lava. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, when you're in these very hilly, mountainous countries, you're going to have this... Uh, opportunity of landslides happening and when there's a lot of rain that's when these types of things occur and hopefully during your time here you never have to experience any of it but just know that the local municipalities are really just trying to look out for your best interests. And there are plenty of other things to do. Definitely. So, and we're going to show you that. We're going to prove it to you that there's plenty of things that you can do while you're here. Especially if you're only here for a week. You know, if you're only here for a weekend there's plenty of stuff you could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, too, like, the whole time, like, we've been traveling through Mexico and Central America basically all of rainy season. Like, we arrived at the beginning of rainy season, and now it's the end of rainy season. Mm-hmm. So, well, for us, it wasn't so bad because we were in the hills in Mexico for a fair bit of it. But anyways, when we got into Guatemala and we really started experiencing it, we could just, like, look at the weather and be like, okay, it's going to be really stormy. We're not going to move tonight. Or you move in the morning when it's dry, and then you stay put when it's not. And when there's a really big, bad storm, then you don't move for a couple of days because you know that the roads are probably, you know. But everywhere that we've been, they've been so fast and so efficient at clearing the roads and getting the debris out of the roads and getting the mud out of the roads and, like, doing all these things to make it safe. We had some friends leave a couple days before us uh, in Guatemala, and when... They left, there was a big landslide that night, like from very big rains. I think there was like two or three of them that went over the highway. And within two days, everything was already cleaned up and ready to go. And you're going to get to your destination no matter what it is. It might take a little bit more time, but that's part of the experience. And, and there's a reason for that, I think, for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, like go with, with the flow. Mm-hmm. Like you are traveling, you're not working, guys. So mm-hmm. go with the flow, enjoy every moment of your life, stay present, or at least try to stay present mm-hmm. most of your time, and then you're gonna see beautiful things around you. Yeah, like right now, we're just sitting up in this beautiful view, we're watching the surfers from a distance. You know, it's it's really incredible to be able to really be as present as possible. I think that's the one thing as humans we struggle with the most is being present because we have all these different distractions. So yeah, when you're in this absolutely gorgeous place, take in every aspect of it. Look at the leaves, like look down, see the little ants and the little, the little creatures moving around, like enjoy it. Realize that that's beautiful life around you. How would you describe this, uh, uh, view to the audience, Alex? It's absolutely stunning. It's just rolling hills of all different shades of green to like the bluest ocean ever. The clouds are just kind of a little hazy in the sky, and we've got this giant tree shading us above us that's actually really spiky. I didn't notice that. Uh 
the like bark is spiky. It's just really cool and beautiful, and the breeze is amazing. And like every once in a while, a butterfly floats by. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's really idyllic. Sounds like El, el Paraíso. Uh, yeah. Uh, it is definitely a paradise. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you about this. You have been probably in almost every single video on YouTube about tourism in El Salvador. So we actually um, got introduced to you through Trent and Ali, who we met back up in Utah. And then later we told Mr. and Mr. Adventure because of the hurricane that happened down there in Florida they messaged me, like, asking me if I could help out in some type of way, of course. And, like, it's the same area I grew up in. And they were like, hey, you have to see Salva. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. why don't you share some, like, you know, some people that have been through, some, you know, maybe big YouTubers or, like, other van lifers that people might know. Or at the time, maybe even small YouTubers that have become <laughs> big YouTubers, yeah. right? Um, yeah, when... Um, before Corona, we used to have a physical shop in Tunco. Oh. So it was quite easy for me to see uh, people like traveling around Central America with their vans, right? Mm. Um, I would say that the first uh, big, big uh, YouTubers that I met are these guys from the Nomadic Movement. Mm -hmm. These guys, they ended up moving to Panama. Their, their goal was to go to uh, Ushuaia, Argentina, I think. But I'm not, I don't remember. This was like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Long story short, they, they ended up in, in staying in, in, in Panama. They bought land and, you know, they are exporting coffee and stuff. Uh, they are the first ones that I saw. And they were with uh, Trent and Ali. Mm -hmm. I saw, I remember that day. I saw these guys at Santa Ana Volcano. Mm -hmm. And I saw the four of them with good cameras and GoPros and mics. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, these guys, they know what they're doing. Uh -huh. I need to talk to them. But I was working. I was with clients. So I mm -hmm. couldn't, you know, I couldn't connect with them. I was like, okay, maybe they go to Tunco. The next day, I saw them in Ruta de las Flores. <laughs> and again, I couldn't talk to them. And I was like, okay, maybe it's, it's you know, it's not the time. Maybe next time. We finished that. Uh, it was I was doing a multi-day tour. That day that I saw these guys in Ruta de las Flores, came back to Tunco, dropped off my clients, and I went surfing. And then I saw them there. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I need to talk to them. This is meant to be. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then I was like, are you, are you YouTubers? And they were like, yeah, yes, we are. And I was like, okay, guys, here's the deal. Yeah. I'm Salva. I have this small agency. And I want to show you some of the, the beauties of this country. Mm -hmm. And they were like super open and friendly. Hell yeah. And, um, and yeah, I invited them the next day to come over to the office. So we talk more about like what we do here, the places, you know, that we could visit, what were their plans. And they were like, oh, and two more friends are here that we met on the way. And I was like, yeah, let's talk to them. That was Trent and, Trent and, and, and Ali. And... I don't know, super friendly people, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are. We're willing to help and, and so kind. And we made a good connection. A good connection. And, and we started just rolling and, and recording content. And people loved it. To the point that one of the videos that we did with these guys, the Nomadic Movement, went viral. And even the president of El Salvador retweeted. Oh, that's wild. So that's that cool. Like, you know. That changed, to be honest, that changed uh, the history of the agency. Yeah. Because uh, then we were getting a lot of clients thanks to those videos. Mm -hmm. And something funny happened. These videos, they, they, they went viral. Um, and then I was walking in Tunco or in Santa Ana Volcano. And then people would stop me. would be like, hey, you're Salva from the YouTube videos. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> at first I was like I don't know how to react you uh -huh. know uh, I was kind of a celebrity maybe and I didn't know uh, but then you know I, I got used to it and I was like yeah yeah I'm, I'm, I'm the one like you know if you need anything let us know mm -hmm. um, what else and then I have done videos with a guy called um, Chris travel with Chris mm -hmm. um, I have done a lot of videos I would say 
but it's just like this. It's not like I'm trying to push, you know, and, mm. and, and be on the videos. It's more about connecting with people, mm -hmm. feel if I feel good, if not, da -da -da. and same thing here with you guys. Like mm -hmm. you message me, uh, and I was like, yeah, it seems to be nice. Why not? You yeah, know? Yeah. And I was waiting for you for like six months. You never came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. We've been uh, keeping them on the hook for a little bit here. But I will say like, if it, it couldn't have happened to a better person. You know what I mean? Like the opportunity of these videos that these other people made, made making your company do a lot better, it, it really couldn't have happened to a better person. Like we're fortunate and glad that we got an opportunity to meet you. And like, I mean, he must like us too because he invited us back to his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if, if, you know, like if, if we connect and if there's something I can do for you besides the business, mm -hmm. More than happy to help you, you know. Yeah. I've been in your situation in other countries, and when the locals show up, and and you as a traveler, you might see that it's a big problem, and then the local comes and he's like, no, I can fix it for you, I can help you, mm -hmm. and they do it like this, you mm -hmm. know. So I think it's 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 about to give back, you yeah. know. That's that's how the universe gives you. Things. Oh yeah. I mean, even something so simple as we went to go get our oil changed in San Salvador and the, the bolt stripped and they did everything in their power to make sure that they fixed it. And they got a welder next door to come over and weld a new bolt on top so that way they could remove it and that way I could remove it in the future until we get back to the States where I could replace the bolt and put an original, mm -hmm. you know, bolt back on. But it's just, it's incredible how... Um, the people always have a way to like fix it or figure it out or help you out in some type of way. And it's, it's a testament of who the people are here. You know? Yeah, it's, it's about the energy, I would say. Mm -hmm. If you put a smile in your face, that's 50% already done. Mm -hmm. Like whatever you're trying to do, you know. Um, and yeah, definitely, if you're traveling, enjoy uh, the views connect with the local people i think that's like the new way of traveling mm -hmm. connecting with the local people go outside of your resort try local food support mm -hmm. the local economy yep. and that's probably another another thing that i discovered when i started this agency the tourism industry is one of those of one of those few few industries that the money that you spend as a tourist not only stay in one place. If we go on a, on a tour, you could buy water, a coconut water from a local guy and then a fruit from another person. And at the end of the day, you have helped four or five people on the way, you know? And I don't only think that you've helped four or five people, but you've also helped them reproduce this land to be a better experience for the next time when you come back. So, you know, the fact that they've now made that money, they could afford to maybe plant another couple trees to have another local fruit yep. or something in general that's going to give you a better experience the next time you come. Yeah, and if you are like around the countryside, the chances that you're going to get a really good product are like high because yeah. the locals probably of course they will see you and they're, they're gonna give you a gringer price yeah. but <laughs> that would be like a couple of cents you know yeah. But, yeah. but still it's it's cheap even for me as a local yeah you know and those are like the things that I love about El Salvador, I would say. Mm -hmm. We got the Gringo price on snails. Instead of like 50 cents, it was like a dollar. And the guy that we were with, Mauricio, he was like furious. Like, I can't believe that they would charge that much and like stormed away. <laughs> yeah. But like for us, we were like, oh, a dollar? No problem. But for him, he was like, no, they should only be 50 cents. And that's all that it should be. And like, no, no, no. Like, you guys are getting it because you're white. And we're like... Okay, like, whatever. And, like, kudos to him for, like, having that respect for us as well of, like, I'm not even going to let you guys pay that because that's bullshit. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it was really, it was a, uh, and then I did explain to him that, like, you know, uh, for us to get hit with a little bit extra is okay sometimes in the case of now when you go to buy it, it can be 15 cents, you know, and, and you could afford it because, uh, the, you know, the job you have or whatever. So there is a give and a take. There is an opportunity to help out your help when you are paying the little bit extra, that gringo price, we call it. It keeps it cheaper for the local people who aren't making the money that you yeah. might be making. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Final words of anybody, you know, who's been scared to come to El Salvador. What would your advice be for them? 
Um, I would say go to YouTube, go to social media, look for locations or hashtags related to El Salvador and see tourists that they are already here and they're having fun and you can read blogs about, you know, like how was their experience in this beautiful country so you can have another perspective not only from what you watch on TV about gangs and like only negative things because that's sales guys that's yes. why they do it you know yep. but also now we have these these new tools social media where you can go and see it and people are like uploading videos like every week you know so you you got the freshest information and if you want to come to El Salvador check our website tuncolife.com we have multi-day tours packages already created for you we have daily tours you can check our blog now. We are investing some money on uh, improving the website so you can have updated information like the basics and things to do, where to go, insurance, all these things that are necessary when you are traveling. And I'm going to give a quick shout out to a family here. That expat mom is somebody who has a family here and literally could show you the type of travel. And they're also working here with Salva as well. So this is a great way to get like a local experience. If you have a family, this might intrigue you in a better way to get you to come here even more. And just to see what it's like from their perspective as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the whole aspect of what El Salvador is is not what you actually know because of what we've been taught in the States from the different types of media that we were brought about El Salvador. So I think that El Salvador is absolutely beautiful and the experience that we've had here has been super amazing and we can't wait to have some more travels and adventures with you, Salva, as well. Alex, are you ready for the next adventure? <laughs> <laughs> I need a couple pupusas first, okay. please. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely down for some pupusas. Yeah, we haven't tried coconut here, right? No, no. we got to have a yeah, coconut. Today's like Sunday, so why not? Yeah. Yeah, right? It's like a religious ceremony. Por favor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for having me on your podcast. Um, I'm always excited to share things about El Salvador. This is what I do for a living. And... I love doing this. So I hope that um, uh, people that are listening today, this podcast can go to Google and look for El Salvador and maybe you can add it to your to-do list whenever you have your holidays and come to El Salvador and we're going to be happy to help you explore this beautiful country. Love it. Thank you thank so you. much. Yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast and being open with us. And I will say that I'm putting it on my to-do list now when Alex and I have a family that we'll be back to come and hang out with you Definitely. and hang out in El Salvador with the family one day. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right, guys, make it an F&A day. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Band Life YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, F and a van life over all that.